and welcome back to the undefeated. I'm once again your host, Anthony. I'm here with Dylan. How are What's you? up? Caleb. What's up? And Brayden, how are you? What's up, guys? We're doing good. <laughs> so obviously uh, last week was spring break. We couldn't record. Um, but right before we left for spring break, uh, the MLB and the MLB Players Association agreed on a new, or reached an agreement on a new CBA. Dylan, you're a baseball guy. What do you have on that? Um, I've heard that some of the rules have changed a little bit. I know that they're um, actually going to end up keeping the runner on second base for the extra that. innings. There's a couple other ones that I totally forgot because it's been like a week and a half. Um, but, you know, I th- some of them were good, some of them were bad, and, you know, here we are. Didn't they, like, add more teams to the playoffs? They did. They made it a 12-team playoff instead of 10, which isn't that big of a deal. I don't think it's that bad, but it's more baseball. That's just almost half the teams in the entire league. A yes. lot of teams. You guys over there have any thoughts? Uh, just the universal DH. I, uh, how I do hate you guys that. feel about that? I hate cool. it. I I kind of like it personally. Why? Um, I'm just I'm not a big fan of the pitchers hitting <coughs> because you know they're they're paid to go out there and pitch, and if they don't have to do it in uh, half of the league, they shouldn't have to do it in the other half. I think it's a fair advantage or a fair. I think know. it makes it more fair, but at the same time, like pitchers in the American League would, when, when playing at, at home against a National League team, would still not have to hit, and then the National League would get that DH, or vice versa. They would have to hit. So I mean, I don't, I don't understand the pro- the point of it, and it makes it more fun because like. You can say you can't tell me you don't enjoy seeing a pitcher hit home, right? I, I don't enjoy seeing a pitcher hit. Well, that's just because I don't think you enjoy the sport. They strike out <laughs> half, <laughs> half the time. They go up. They just strike out. That so is the truth. Not, like I'm so not, I mean, I'm not too interested in watching the pitchers hit when they just either bunt or strike out. I guess, but I just think it. I think it takes away a fun aspect of the game, because I mean, it's not like some. I mean, I'm sure some of them probably don't want to hit, but I'm sure some of them do. All right, we have a comment from the question or question from the comments. What are your thoughts on the ban on defensive shifts? That's the stupidest thing ever. <laughs> I didn't know about that. That's, That's awful. so that is so dumb. I think it's just stupid because how are you gonna like how are you gonna keep control of where their defense is playing? You know, like exactly. If, if they want to take two steps to the left, you're not going to tell them, oh, you can't do that. Like, like, I'm sorry, that's a $5,000 fine if you take <laughs> one more step it's there. Like taking Every away step you take is $5,000. Just keep that right. Like, what? That, I think it's so dumb. That's taking away the only strategy, like, baseball even has. Like, like are they going to put, like, <laughs> lines on the field and say, like, second base has to stand here? <laughs> I guess. In between these lines? That's like saying I'm taking – you no longer can play zone coverage. It's only man-to-man. I don't. I mean, obviously, that's not the best analogy, but no, baseball a, has no no other form of defense. Like, there's no. I don't know. And especially, there's so many players that can only hit it a certain way. Why would you not put all your players over there? Yeah, I mean, that's it's smart. It's, they they then. Uh, I was gonna say they like the lefty players have like some of them have started to bunt, you know, down the down the third base yeah. lines. But that's just. They're taking away from them trying to hit home runs, and like Joey Gallo started doing it a little bit. Yeah, and it makes him it makes it easier for like, or it makes it more fun, I guess, because then you see like these players that have to get creative and try to get it, you know, down the left field line whenever they can only hit it right, and you see that happen. It's like, oh, that's cool. Um, but I mean, now it's just going to be more of an offensive game. It's basically like the NBA where they don't play defense. That's going to be the whole time. <sighs> All right, moving on. A couple days after the. Uh, Agreement came out. Freddie Freeman went from the Atlanta Braves to the Los Angeles Dodgers. 
Um, he signed a six-year, $120 million contract. Dylan, you're a Dodgers fan. I feel like we should bring John in here. Someone go get John. I want to talk to him about this. I know he wa- I know he has something going on about the baseball documentary, but I want to see his reaction. I want him in here. I think that would be fun. Tell him to watch or something. Ben. I think it's great, personally. I love it. Now, there's a couple of people that don't like the move, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? But okay. Oh, here he is. Oh, oh, here we go. John, here we go. Right. Here we okay. go. How do you feel about Freddie Shit. Freeman to the Dodgers? Okay. I think. Scoot down. You can't see your yes. face. Yeah, you can't. We can't see you. For Freddie Freeman, that's good for him, all right? He deserves the bag. He's a great baseball player. I hate him now. He <laughs> went to a horrible, horrible team. Horrible team. He betrayed my trust. And now the Braves have Matt Olson, who is. Better than Freddie Freeman. Um, I hate it. I have a couple things to touch on there. First of all, Freddie Freeman didn't leave the Braves. The Braves left Freddie Freeman. Invalid. Wrong. How is that wrong? Okay, I don't he know. literally came out in a <laughs> statement and said that the Braves only called him twice over the offseason. Excuse me. Alan Anthropolis, double A, big man GM for the Braves, said he literally talked to him before making that trade. That might have been one of the two times. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not Freddie Freeman. I'm not the Braves' management, but it seems like the way he was explaining it personally to the media that the Braves didn't want him, and then he said he didn't know how to feel after the Matt Olson trade, and Matt Olson is a definitely not as good as Freddie Freeman. So you're just mad. Okay. You're blinded. Can we still talk about Freddie Freeman? Because I got I got okay. Yeah. Let's take some things into consideration here. Okay. Freddie Freeman is um mid thirties now. Great first baseman, you know, hits for pop, but he's on that team for six years. Matt Olson, late 20s, about to turn 30, coming up. Am I right? I don't know how old he is. I'm not sure either. Hold on, we're looking at it right now. Born in 94, so he's probably 27. Yeah. 28. Late 20, almost 28. 28. Yeah, 28. We'll put him 28, all right? Already a few years younger than Freeman. Has put up better numbers in Oakland than Freddie has, all right? And let's... Think about I it. I would hope he's put up better numbers in Oakland than Freddie Freeman. <laughs> Oakland is a is a pitcher's paradise, man. The walls are huge. It's hard to hit a homer there. Freddie Freeman is four years younger than him, or four years older than him. That's All right. not that much of a difference. But you're getting Freddie Freeman at 35, 36, versus Matt Olson at 28 for eight more years. All right? Who's going to be more productive these next six years? A kid who still hasn't reached his prime yet? Or, or a guy who's getting old now. Maybe he has reached his prime. Maybe he's just going to mellow out. I don't think so, man. This guy's got you never know. four gold gloves, you know. Silver I think Freddie Freeman's a better defensive player. I, I, I don't think so. I also think he's just better overall. I think right now. But ask me next year when this season starts, and we'll see who's better overall. Sounds good. Hey, okay. Do you two have any thoughts on this? Um, you know, I've watched Freddie Freeman play a couple times. <laughs> Pretty good player. You know, I've always liked him. Uh, he's, a, he's a good man. Never heard of Matt Olson. I know he came from Oakland because y'all said it. Uh, yeah, right. Matt Olson's a no-name first baseman. Not but very that's good. Only he plays in Oakland. He's very good. He's just no, okay. I heard of Matt Chapman. He's mid. I've heard of Matt Chapman. Some might say he's mid. Olson's better no, than Chapman. Not, but you say he's mid. 
I would say he's mid compared I to Freddie Freeman. Stats other stats speak otherwise. You know, every time I look at some baseball stats, Freddie Freeman's always at the top. First he is base, at the top. You know? and yeah, do you why, see Matt Olson at the top? He won MVP last year. But Matt Olson is I, I, Matt Olson has won like three Silver Sluggers in the past couple of years. Has Matt Olson won MVP in the last couple of years? How many times has Freddie Freeman won MVP, and what year was it? I'm pretty sure it was last year. The Mickey Mouse year, one MVP. I love Freddie Freeman, right? And I'm oh, it's a Mickey Mouse year? Yeah, Mickey Mouse, the 22 in mm. the bubble, man. Well, how many does your first baseman have over there? None, because he Olsen. plays in Oakland. Doesn't that doesn't mean anything. Anyone can win, a f- win an MVP for any team. All right, how many Oakland players do you know win MVPs? I don't care about Oakland, so I don't know. Exactly. Um, somebody won MVP in Oakland. I'm uh, sure pitcher. somebody has. Den- Dennis Uckersley, a pitcher. A Dennis pitcher. Uckersley. A closer. Dennis Uckersley won. Dennis Uckersley won. The only Oakland players who win MVPs are pitchers. And he was good. That's because Oakland sucks. And that's because closer. their players suck. I I have to disagree with their Which players Which means suck. Matt Olson sucks. What about Matt Chapman? I don't know. I don't pay much attention to Matt Chapman. I don't pay much attention to Oakland, but to be fair, I don't even really know who Matt Chapman is. He's I've heard the name, but he I plays third base. He's a good deal. Ah, he's a good yeah. defensive third baseman. Still not the best defensive third baseman in the league. Ah, uh, probably not. No. Who Who is the best? Isaiah Kiner Falefa. <laughs> so true. Right on the nose. Okay. Gold. You're glove. right there. Yep. You beat me there. I I, yeah. I IKF. Beat you there. Golden right. Glover. Moving on. The uh, other big deal was that Carlos Correa signed a three-year. Hundred five point three million dollar contract with the Minnesota Twins. What are your thoughts on that one? Um, I think Carlos Correa needs a <coughs> uh, mental health check. Um, I think there's something wrong with him, and somebody needs to go to his home and check on him because that is the worst trade. That is okay for him. It's a great deal. All right, he's now the highest paid infielder, um, highest annual value infielder. He beat Carlos. Um, no, Anthony Rendon by point one million dollars. Yeah, a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> but this is horrible, man. He can literally leave after the end of the season. I think he's getting traded by the All Star break because the Twins are not gonna. The Twins aren't doing anything this year. I don't know. I disagree with that. The Twins are always kind of a decent team. They're always just kind of there. So two years ago, they were one of the best teams in the league. So they had a great organization, great management. True. No, I think that's a great deal for Correa. I think two years ago we were talking about a different Twins team: Byron Buxton, Nelson Cruz, Josh Donaldson, uh, Mitch Garver, Ian Kemp. Oh, Mitch Garver! Interesting. Oh, Mitch. We were actually just talking about Mitch Garver. He's a big boy. It's big bombs. Yeah, I think everyone just hates Houston. I, I respect that. I whoever I said that comment. I, I mean, anyone who wants who lives in Houston would probably want to get out of there. Look the Rockets George suck. George Springer left. What about oh. the Houston Texans? The Astros <laughs> are cheaters. The Texans are one of the worst franchises in NFL history. Got a bright future. I don't know if they have any other teams. Probably not because hey, they in suck. The, day, though, the Oilers. Houston Oilers. When was that? The nineties. I don't know, but they were good. Yeah, that was that was their last. That was their last big moment. After that, nothing. Hakeem Olajuwon left. Like he's gone. <laughs> doesn't he? Doesn't play for Houston anymore. James Harden gone. <laughs> Chris Paul. Chris Paul gone. What? Russell Westbrick gone. <laughs> Houston has nothing. Yao There's Ming? nothing good about Houston anymore. Yao Ming is gone. Yao Ming. Yao Ming yeah, he's yeah. been retired for a long time. Mm-hmm. Tracy McGrady. Long gone. time gone. So you know, just. Nolan Ryan. I'm pretty sure he like owns the team. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give them that. I'll give them that. Those hot dogs are bomb. Okay, I like the hot dogs. 
<laughs> but other than that, there's nothing good about Houston, except for Minute Maid Park. Minute Maid Park is a great stadium. Just this team, team sucks. Hate them. Cheaters. Anyways, mm-hmm. what were we talking about? I feel like there were better <laughs> deals, great. honestly, this offseason. I agree. I feel like Trevor Story was a good – well, I mean, like I wanted to cry. Six I like Trevor Stories, but I think it's good to get him out of Colorado. It's a horrible team. Matt Olson's eight-year contract. No one cares about Matt Olson. I'm telling you it's a big um, What's his name? Matt Jeez. Chapman, no, I, I – signed I, with um, Toronto, an extension. John Gray signed. I was John I was going to talk about Chris Bryant <laughs> oh, to the Rockies. That Got one's traded. messed up. Something's Got wrong traded. with Chris Bryant, man. Maybe that wasn't his decision. Maybe it was more of like the team's decisions. I, Maybe he, <laughs> they were like, "Hey, we're sending you to Colorado," and Chris Bryant was like, "Dude, what? What?" He was like, "All right, I guess it's fine." You know, like he's he just kind of accepted agent. it. What team is he gonna? <laughs> he's a free. What do you mean? The team? Cubs were like, "You're actually not a free agent anymore." <laughs> he didn't even play for the Cubs. <laughs> he played for the Giants. Oh, talk about the Giants. Jock Peterson of the Giants? Are you I kidding like me? That. That's pretty cool. I hate that. Why would he do that? <laughs> <laughs> You're telling me you played for their rival team for years, then go play for the for the uh, Cubs, well, which is fine. Whatever, go to Chicago. Literally two two days later, goes to Atlanta, <laughs> wins a World Series, and is like, hey, we're gonna go to San Francisco, a Why team that lost in the World wild card. In a row. A team that lost in the wild card. Can we talk about Seattle? Right? For a was second? it the, no? It was no, not the wild card. NL NL NLDS. To the Dodgers. I think that was so dumb too. Check swing mm-hmm. to end it all. That's so yeah. Bad. Maybe you should just not swing next time. <laughs> Anyways, we can. I don't have anything else to say. All right. Here, I want to. I want to. Before I go, I want to oh talk about God, Seattle. John. I'm sorry. All right, y'all. Seattle. John, Seattle. Nobody cares about Seattle. Seattle's literally going to the World yeah, Series this Seattle year. Seattle losing the World Series. I have Seattle losing the World Series to the Mets. That is the worst. Okay. That no, is no, no, the no, no, worst no. World Series prediction I've ever no, heard. No, 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 no. The Mets. Yes, the Mets. The Mets. Do you know who you're talking about? Jacob Degrom. So their pitching is going to carry them? How are they going to put up runs? Lindor finally got hot in New York. How Girls, are they going to put up runs? Eduardo Escobar, Starling Marte, Mark Canna. There are 10 billion times better. Did you say Mike Cara? Mike Cara. <laughs> Mike Cara here. <laughs> Mike Cara on the New York Mets. There are better teams in the NL West. The uh, better teams in the NL. Uh, uh, what, what what division are they in? NL East. There's better teams in the NL East. Yeah, because the Marlins and the Nats are sure scaring me. You know what, John? I would I would even go to say the Braves are better than the Mets. I don't know anymore. And I I hate that. I can't believe when, that those words came out of my comes mouth. Back, I will maybe stand by that, but no. Acuna, I think the Braves Acuna are better Braves, than the Mets. I not. And sure. I hate the Braves. I don't I'm even think sure. the Mets will make the playoffs. I, well, actually, no. There's going to be 12 the teams. I was about to say, like, so I mean, six teams for me, whether they like it or not. That's what I'm saying. Seattle's probably going to make the playoffs. I, <laughs> I can't even name a player on Seattle. Nobody <laughs> can. Yeah, no one can. Does Kyle Seeger still play there? I no, think he, he retired. retired. He retired okay. actually. Yeah, that, so that was my that's one. That's the latest I know of the Seattle. I couldn't name Bobby a Seattle. Ray. Cy Young winner. Over oh, I, I forgot that he played Felix Hernandez still on the team? I'm he, pretty sure he's, like, dead he's or something. He's a free agent, and nobody signed him in the past two years. Close so enough. He was pretty good. Didn't he have, like, the, the hat to he the He had a side? perfect game, yeah. yeah. I like him. Yeah. Adam Frazier, Jesse swag. Winker, Eugenio Suarez. You're starting to name people they're that don't exist. They're all in Seattle? <laughs> <laughs> yes, they're all in Seattle. Yeah. You you know them? Yeah. From you, from the video game. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> what baseball team do you follow, Caleb? I'm a big Rangers fan. Oh, yeah. I've been following them. Texas Rangers. I Dylan's mentioned John to to Gray earlier. I'm going to get to go that to That is hey. true. We're going to get to go to yeah, our game. something we can agree on. Yeah. I think great. it's a Shohei. Finally. I know it's a Shohei start. I don't think it's a Shohei start. I know it is. I don't think it is. I don't think so either. Well, right. here, back me up. It is, right? No. Okay. 
All right, John. All right. Skedaddle. Bye, guys. Have fun. See you, John. Baseball's back. I'm happy. Freddie Freeman's on the Dodgers. That's your, uh, are the Rangers making you, the playoffs this year? Best move? Uh, no. no. Oh, they're not even Maybe fourth in the division. They're a 100-win team. They are a 100-win team? In like 10 years. Let's go. Oh, 10 years in the past. 100 wins. 10 years in the past, maybe. Go Rangers. Moving on. Let's let's talk about basketball. Let's now. talk about our brackets, guys. Yeah, how how's everyone's? I don't know. There's no perfect brackets anymore after day two. I'm actually just basically perfect. I have not lost a single team. What's your championship well, game? Dylan, see. Duke and Tennessee. <laughs> What's your Tennessee lost, by the way. My Caleb. championship game was like Arizona Gonzaga, so I still have mine. I still Duke. got mine too. Uh, Duke Kansas. Interesting. I have mine too. Well, I, I did two brackets. So. Yeah, me too. One of mine was Duke Tennessee. That's out. One of my was Duke, uh, Kansas. So that's still right. All my yeah, brackets my s- with leagues are bad. My so. second one was Gonzaga and uh, Tennessee. So I don't know what it was with Tennessee. It just, they really were calling my name this year and they, it was the wrong number apparently. So um, I'm still in first <laughs> for now. I was really hoping, really, really hoping TCU was going to knock out Arizona in that game. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, but oh, geez. Let's recap some of the headlining headline games from the first round starting off on uh, the Saturday. Richmond stunned Iowa, beat them 67-63, the game that ruined most everyone's brackets. What were your thoughts on that game? You know, for me, Anthony, it wasn't a stun. Uh, you know, a lot of people were talking about Iowa being their dark horse Final Four team. We get it. The, the Big Ten sucks. But and, and, you know, when, when people say, oh, this is my dark horse team, this is my Final Four, I tend to stay away from those, from those uh, comments. You know, so I, I did have Iowa winning that game, but I only had them going one round. So, you know, it, it's not really a bracket buster for me. Uh, but seeing Richmond win, I I, I, I like that. You know, a, a smaller conference. Richmond Spiders. You Richmond know, Spiders. Nice win. You know. uh, I, I like seeing those. Where are they located? Uh, Richmond. Virginia. Virginia. Oh, really? <laughs> if I had to guess, I mean, just, you know. Yeah, they're part of the uh, A-10. I wouldn't know that. Didn't know that. Didn't care, to be honest. But thank you for telling me. All right, well, sadly, I actually had Iowa going to uh, play Kansas. So I had them going another round, winning against Providence. But, you know, things change. wasn't the worst thing that could have happened. It's not like I had them in my Final Four. just had them in my Sweet 16. Not not even, I don't even think there's 16 teams. That I actually have no idea. But I had them a, a couple rounds farther. It didn't happen. It's whatever. Now then, uh, the Saturday night game, the biggest upset, number 15, St. Peter's, knocked off number two, Kentucky, 85-79 in overtime. What were y'all's thoughts on this game? Let me tell you, Anthony. I was sitting on the border with my girlfriend, about to go watch a movie. We were getting some queso pre-gaming at the movie theater, you know, because we wanted to get food. We were both starving, haven't Sounds eaten all awesome. day. Going to get the popcorn at the movies, but we wanted to eat something. We weren't going to wait that long. Sitting down, I see this TV in the top in the, in the left corner of my eye. It's got four games on. I'm like, okay, and so I'm following. I'm like, oh my god, that's a really close game. Who is that? Kentucky? Kentucky's losing. No way. Okay, so I'm sitting there, tears rolling down my face as Kentucky's in my final four, and I see the clock running out, and they're missing. They're breaking three after three after three. Haven't made a shot in like ten years. Okay, and they lose. And so I'm sitting there in pain. Didn't even want to go watch the movie after that. Queso was horrible. What just movie? ruined my experience. He um, doesn't even know. <laughs> I do know the movie. I wanted to watch the movie. I've watched it twice already. It wasn't Batman. 
It was uh, Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, actually. Good, good, great movie, actually. You should watch it. Um, but yeah. So not a good experience from you. Let me tell you about mine. Um, I actually loved the Kentucky you lost because, <laughs> okay. again, I had them going one round. I had Murray State beating them the next round. Um, if you want proof, you can see my bracket. I had Kentucky losing the next round. I, I think they're a little overrated of a team. Um, <coughs> pretty poor shooting numbers. They really just have one player, Oscar Shibway. Everybody else is pretty inconsistent. But, yeah, you know, I had St. Peter's um, losing, but I had Kentucky losing in the next round, so I was happy with it. You know, everybody had Kentucky winning Final Four. Yeah, like, I did have them Final Four. So, for me, I, I, I love that. I love St. Peter's. I love Dougie McBuckets. Caleb? I was at work during this game, and uh, stand up. my watch was blowing up. I was wondering what was happening. All the Twitter notifications really got to me, so I went to the bathroom. I wanted to go look at it. I was fairly disappointed because uh, <laughs> I also had Kentucky going pretty far. I think it was about the Elite Eight, though, not yeah. the Final Four. Uh, this is what it is. Um, my bracket <laughs> is definitely imperfect, but imperfect. My bad. Yeah, there were no perfect brackets, like I said earlier, after day two. Um crazy oh this is gonna be a great game to talk about right here this one go ahead and let them know murray state well who in the world would put pick and murray state did. to beat kentucky murray state right there all right and then the last uh game of the first round number 10 miami beat usc uh 68 66 in a close game that shouldn't have been I mean, it was a 68 it was like 66 52 or like 58 yeah, with 10 seconds left we were down by like eight and i was like Turn off my phone. <laughs> Upset. And then all of a sudden, USC came back. What were you guys' uh, thoughts on this game? I love it. <coughs> Add Miami to the Sweet 16. Great pick from me. That's uh, what's up right there. Told Dylan, you know, me and Dylan, we're, we're loving Miami. Uh, they got they got good players, good good all around team. USC overrated. You know all right, was it, it was it more you loving Miami or you thinking Auburn is overrated? It's a little bit of both. I, I really liked Miami. You know, when they when I watched them play Duke. Haven't they uh, made the Sweet 16 like three years in a row or something? No. No. I've got no idea. Probably <laughs> no, not. No, I promise. But, but watching Miami, you know, they, they beat Duke once. They, they played Duke two times. They they lost by four, and they beat him at Cameron Indoor. So two mm. good win, two good games for Miami. You know, I picked them two rounds. I'm very disappointed in my, my team. I don't know. Like, Colton <coughs> Wong came out of the first half, scored like ten points in a row. I was scored USC for like the first ten minutes. Then he came out in the second half and scored like 10 points in a row. I scored USC in that time, too. We turned the ball over like 20-something times. We're bad at everything, especially free throws. I mean, not getting out one round was very disappointing. Uh, but next year. Don't even talk about next, next year. Next year, I'm looking forward to next USC's, year. USC is going to go nowhere just like they did this year. We're still. I wouldn't really it. say this game was an upset. It wasn't. I don't think it was. I don't think Miami should have a been seeded that low. A 7-10 is not an upset. I'm being honest. I think they could have been a better team. At all. Um, but, you know, I, I also have to credit Braden here. His hate for Auburn actually made me pick Miami over Auburn. I actually have Miami. I had Miami beating Wisconsin in the next round, too. We don't talk about Wisconsin. They ended up losing to Iowa State, which I think was one of the is a pretty good upset, you know. Um, I think they can beat Iowa State. Oh, I do. I, I actually think they take can, Iowa I State. I think they can go to the Final Four. Of I, I have them against Kansas. I, I have them against can, Kansas in my Elite Eight win. right now. And I have Kansas winning. But I mean, realistically, like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be upset if I saw Miami beating Kansas. I wouldn't be upset if Miami was in the in, was in the last last game. Against well, Miami's gonna lose to Iowa State. So. 
That's interesting. I think you're just salty. Yeah. No, no. But yeah, so thank you, Brayden, for the, you know, I, I also kind of, you know, was feeling that Auburn overrated after A&M beat them in the tournament. Um, only escaping by like 19 points. I mean, that's against Jackson State, whatever the team they played was. Jacksonville State. Jacksonville That's State. even worse. They, and they played them close in the first half, too. It was, like a, it was tied. Or yeah, something and they shouldn't that. have been even in the tournament because they didn't win the conference And tournament. then Miami beat them by almost exactly the same score. So, I mean, Auburn sucks. USC would have beat Auburn. No, I, don't, I don't think they, they USC sucks, Caleb. I don't think they would have. <laughs> that's didn't. like that's like saying that's like saying the t- uh, the Texans are going to beat the Titans. Yeah, we literally I mean, did that they, this year. They nearly did. I don't did even think the year. Texans could beat like Clemson, and Clemson sucked. Uh, I mean, everything comes back to the Texans. We beat the Titans Texans this year. Texans versus so. Houston, oh, like, right. like Houston Texans versus Houston Cougars. Cougars. I got you. the Cougars. <laughs> All right, no. I, I got the Cougars too. Honestly, Cougars in a close one. The second round highlights started off um, with the defending champions knocked out as North Carolina beat Baylor 93-86. Is it not a surprise? Not a surprise. Yeah, I this picked game. North Carolina in one of my brackets. Uh, listen, I didn't pick North Carolina. But I should have. I didn't pick them, but I had UCLA beating Baylor in the next round, so I'm not upset. There's only one yeah. round loss. I don't care. Whatever. Big whoop. And uh, you know, Never you trust a Big 12 team, guys. Ever. No sport. Doesn't matter which one. Never. North Carolina, they blew a 25-point lead. They didn't blow it. Well, uh, again, they a they horrible they officiating know. game. They they completely blew the game because Brady Manning gets ejected. Bad call. That was a rough uh, call. Was it yeah, Caleb that Bluff? was a bad Caleb call. Caleb Bluff who fouled out? Yeah. Caleb Bluff fouls out. And then Baycott's got four. Like they, they had a ton of people in foul trouble. And I thought it was a good officiating game by the refs. Okay. I think they made some good calls. Good calls late. And Baylor started coming back. And... <laughs> And, you know, uh, clearly North Carolina fans are going to start blaming the refs when Baylor starts coming back down 25, but it's just because Baylor played better basketball. And UNC focuses so much around Brady Manick hitting the threes that when he's not <coughs> on the court, they, they can't play well. Any other thoughts? No, I have nothing else. Right. Um, I do want to talk about one game before we get I don't think we have it. Talk about Purdue and Texas. That's not right now. I don't think you had that on there because it wasn't an upset. First of all, I had Virginia Tech beating Texas. I just hate Texas. Yeah, so, you know, I, just picked I did too. I was watching a little bit of that game. I, I, I had gone out and I came back home. I was eating Taco Bell, sitting on my couch upstairs watching this game. I happened to notice that Purdue had like 40 free throw attempts. Yeah, that was ridiculous. And they had missed like almost half of them. How is that possible? So they actually fouled – Zach Eady, who is seven four, is it because yeah? I mean, and they fouled him about twenty times. That must make sense because he's horrible. Yeah, he's a a pretty decent player. He just cannot shoot free throws. Yeah, he's a horrible free throw shooter. You know, they they basically just played hack a shack on Zach Eady, forced him to uh, shoot at the line. Makes sense. That actually makes sense. Okay, I was just really confused as to how they could have had like twenty more points and this game wouldn't have been close at all. And that makes more sense now. Okay, I don't care. Texas horns down. Read. Is that directed to anyone or just everyone who likes Texas? Caleb, that's a wrong. <laughs> what sign. are you doing? Aggies, Aggies should have been in the tournament. They they should have been an eleven seed easily. You know, there's no debate there. They should have been in. The facts don't lie. Um, who would they have replaced? They're about to win the NIT. Michigan, and oh, they win the I could, Tennessee. I could go on and on about who they should have replaced. Notre Dame, Rutgers. There's so many teams. I don't think they could have replaced Notre Dame. Notre Dame beat Bama, too. I don't know. 
They could have. Mm, I don't know. So, okay. just just real quick, let me let me talk just a second about A and M. So I got the stats <coughs> here on my phone. They could have replaced like San Francisco. I got the stats. <laughs> Did you see what their coach said in the NIT tournament? No. I love it. He it was so bad. Nine, a nine-page report. So bad. On what? how they should have made the tournament. Oh <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. I love it. So there was, it was all the teams, quad one wins, quad two, all their like statistics. And it proved that they should have been in statistically over like eleven other teams. And then he started saying like, you know, whoever's on the board is biased. And he started like complaining a bunch. That was a little extra. I I do like how they did how he you know went in with the report though. But here's the A and M Notre Dame comparison. Um, Notre Dame two and eight in quad one games. Let's try not to take too long on this, please. It takes one minute. A and M four and nine. Clearly A and M better. A and M's forty second in the net. Notre Dame fifty three. A and M has more wins. And AM goes to the conference final tournament and beat them head to head. AM won against Notre Dame by seven points. How did they not get in over Notre Dame? I don't know. It makes no sense, actually. <coughs> How far has AM gone in the NIT tournament? Semifinals. Like, they're still going. They're still in it? Okay. They played the winner of BYU and um, Washington State. I'm not sure who won, though. But a team that you thought A&M should have been over, Michigan, upset Tennessee, 76-68. to 68. Um, What were your guys' thoughts on this game? Kind of cried a little Major bit. Major disappointment. Kind of sad. Very disappointed in Tennessee, and I think A&M should have been in over Michigan, but Michigan has the power to win big games. They also can lose to bad teams, like they've proven. But, you know, Michigan, they played good basketball. And I, part of the reason I don't like Michigan is so is their coach. I don't think he should be coaching right now. But, you know, not much you can say about that. They're just boring <laughs> to watch. And Tennessee's yeah. fun. And I hate Michigan a lot. Right. That's what's up. I respect that. Moving on. St. Peter's is now in the Sweet 16 after they beat Murray State 70-60. to 60. Uh, Do you guys think that St. Peter's is going to lose to Purdue or can they make them run? They will <laughs> lose to Purdue, but I think they'll play them close. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like this game could go both ways. I feel like Purdue's not a solid team, nah, if I'm being honest. It's a, it's I don't a think, 20 point win. I don't think, well, most likely, but I don't think Purdue is that good of a team. Yeah. I think I mean, Purdue is go overrated. There's one, every of these, year. there's one of these that happen every year. Oral Roberts goes to the Sweet 16, and then, you know, last year loses by 20 points to whoever they played because, you know, the Lux just runs out at these Cinderella teams. And there's nobody that can guard Purdue's uh, front court of Zach Eady and Trayvon Williams. They'll run their zone. It's not going to matter. Zach Eady's going to dunk on Doug. No. Do you think Doug can do anything? Dude, they gotta Doug is going to show out. Casey and Defoe's going to show out. You know, I love Doug, but he can't play any defense. All right. <laughs> he cannot. I mean, what were you guys' thoughts on the Arkansas-New Mexico State horrible shooting performance game? Um, I'm going to be straight up with it. you. I did not see a single second highlight nor nor Twitter post about it. So I don't care. Team playing like 58 for 103 shooting. Oh, is Both that why teams. the score was 53 to 48? Yeah, it was so Yeah, bad. and it was it, the score was better than it like should have been, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it was, should have been like, like a 38 30 game. It was like, like 18 let's talk to 14 about, and a half time. Yeah, this is New Mexico so State starters went 6 for 13, 3 for 4, 5 for 16, 1 for 5 and 2 for 10. And then Arkansas starters went 0 for 1, 3 for 10, 5 for 18, 3 for 5, and 3 for 10. It was rough. It was rough. Jeez, I mean, two, two good defensive teams, though, but just 
14 no, for 51 total on I don't Arkansas. think this is a defensive 18 for no, it, it's not but oh there's still two good defensive teams um, that struggle offensively but 53 points for <coughs> winning a game is not good Arkansas has barely won their two games too I had them lose in the first round of Vermont so oh. I'm not I feel like that's too impressed take. I'm not too impressed with Arkansas uh, Vermont's a really good team they just they who, the, who are they playing in the Sweet 16? Arkansas, Gonzaga. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah no, no shot. Say Gonzaga. Well, there is a shot. I mean, I'm so confused. Is it Gonzaga? Gonzaga. I say Gonzaga. I say I, you, I don't know. I, I've literally always said Gonzaga. So I, say I, don't know. I say Zag, because they call them the Zags. Yeah, that's true. They don't call them the Zogs. That's true. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I'm just. I guess I'm just. Uh, right. Used to it. I don't know. Moving on. Uh, Duke used a 20 to six run in the final five minutes to beat Michigan State 85 to 76. Uh, Coach K's championship hopes are still alive. Dillard, Brayden, you're a Duke fan. I Go am. On. Duke basketball, best team to watch. They scared me at the end against Michigan State. <laughs> but like Caleb said, Jeremy Roach, X-Factor, hits a big three, big-time bucket, and puts it away. You know, I think they played at night against Tech. You heard it here. Duke by 10. Going to be Elite Eight. Mm-hmm. I think, I think they're a great team. Who would they play if they won this game? Gonzaga. Gonzaga versus Arkansas. Uh, Caleb, you can go ahead and take your – do you have anything to say about the, this game? I only <coughs> – I'm so ready for Duke to lose. It's like – I can't I can't agree with that, dude. That that championship spot is really – It's for you, yeah. I don't care about my bracket <laughs> at all. Coach K in the championship. The is only reason I want to see Duke great in the final four – is if they play UNC. Would like I, I, I have see to UNC I have to have guy. Duke win because I want to see a documentary on Coach K. You know they will make one. If Coach K wins this tournament, you know they're gonna make a thirty yeah. for thirty on Coach K. Probably. And I'd love to see it. And if he makes it to the final four and loses to UNC, they'll make one still. So no, we can do that. Story. All right, let me talk about this. I actually have an interesting story for this game too. <coughs> so oh I'm at work. You know, as, as one does work, Sam's Club, don't come. Sam's Club. <laughs> I don't want to see you. Um, I'm sitting there. I'm on exit door. If you've ever been to Sam's Club, you got to scan. The, you know, the worker has to scan three items, scan her seats, scan three items, and then you leave. So I'm standing there. It's like, I don't know, probably 7.30, 7.45, and I get a Twitter notification. That's typically how it works whenever I find out there's a game on. Saying, oh, this game's so good, blah, 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 whatever, hypo- whatever, sports center, blah, 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 making it sound better than it is. So I turn it on. I go to CBS, go to CBS app and find the live game. And I have my phone sitting on a kayak. Okay. <laughs> kayaks. Sitting on a kayak. And I'm watching it, listening to it in one ear. And I think whenever I started watching, it was kind of close, like 60-something, 50-something points. And then all of a sudden we get up and Michigan State has this huge, like pretty big lead on Duke. I was I was sweating. I was standing there. I was sweating buckets. When these people are like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "No, I'm stressed right now. Like I'm I'm losing my mind." And and next thing you know, they turn around, they they pull it out. They pull out the victory. <laughs> they did. Pull then, out. Uh, oh my God. Excuse me, it's really hot in here. Uh, they pull out the victory, and and I'm happy. You know, I'm, I'm like pumping my fist. Some guy walks up to me. He's like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "I'm great. I'm fantastic today. How are you doing, sir?" That's it. I'm just. I, I don't want to see them lose, though, Caleb. That was horrible. I don't. I don't want to see them lose. I'm so kind of stressed about this game. Tonight? I'm. I actually have work. Okay. I work yeah. my other okay. job tonight. I so. work too. Now listen, I know y'all both work, but they play at eight forty. Eight forty. So. Well, I get off at ten. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> oh. but I do work at Whataburger today. Interesting. Didn't know that. I had two jobs. Um. 
So I'm probably going to be – they're less lenient with me because I only work there one day a week, so I'll probably be watching it realistically, okay. or at least listening to Same. it. Yeah, that, right. So it should be good. As long as the internet one. doesn't crap out on me, it's I'll be good. Be All right, now let's talk about the Sunday night game. Arizona beat TCU. Oh, I don't want to talk about this game. I'm going to cry. 85-80 to 80 in overtime as uh, Ben Matherin and Christian Coloco combined for 58 of Arizona's 85 points. What were your thoughts on this, Dylan? No, don't do me first. Go someone else. If you guys watch the game, what were your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I watched the game. game. Um, Those two guys you just named, a bunch of overrated guys. Arizona sucks. Um, No math. Ain't that the truth. (laughs) Arizona is probably the worst team that I've ever watched play basketball. Where, where people talk, th- we'll, we'll, where people talk them up to be, you know, the greatest. I think they 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 suck. I think they're the worst number one seed in this tournament. But yeah. I do too, mm, Baylor. But, yeah, Baylor's worse. But between them, the the game with Arizona TCU. You know, I was I was talking about how the refs were so good in the last last uh, UNC <coughs> Baylor game. Terrible in this game. Terrible in this game. The mm-hmm. clear travel, clear jump ball. There's so many big things that they missed. They didn't call like anything. They Especially just, like, they at the end of yeah. yeah. That's what I was going to ask. What are your thoughts on the final play? you got to call something. And, and I don't like it because they, they called a lot of fouls early. Like they, they weren't letting them play much. And then towards the end, they just loose whistle, didn't call anything. Yeah, I think they choked on their whistle there. They couldn't find it. I don't know what happened. But let me talk about this. First of all, we're talking about the, play of the last play of the game. Yeah. It's whatever tied, I guess. I don't remember. <laughs> I was in shambles. My nose was bleeding. <laughs> Nothing was going right for me, okay? We get the ball. It's tie game. You have plenty of time. There's like 10-something, 12-something seconds on the clock. Plenty of time to run a play. You have a shifty point guard. You have a, a big man who's literally calling a 7-foot dude too small 100 <laughs> times the game, okay? What is that What is that play call? What is he doing? Does he have no brain? Well, the brain? pick and roll was working all game. No, Well, yeah, but they trap him in the corner and he just stands there. He looks like a little kid, okay? Mind He's, you, I think that was a foul. It was, I think yes. he got fouled. I will stand by that. I'll, I'll, that'll be whoever wants to fight me on that, whatever, come <laughs> at me. I will stand that until I die. I don't even think I'm making sense at this point. That was a foul, whatever. And then they just crapped themselves in overtime. Well, they were they were calling fouls on TCU for less than that. Oh, yeah, there was one. I don't even know. The, the jump ball, I think it was in overtime. It was. Where he, like, they, it was like a bunch of rebounds where, I don't know, apparently yeah. we – TCU couldn't rebound a ball to, to save their lives, and then all their players were fouling out. Oh Kirk and missed, what, three threes in a row before Matherin got the rebound? Yeah, he sucks. They yeah, I know he them. sucks, and Arizona sucks, He's too. really bad. I was about to so just any, throw something at my TV. Any Arizona fans, so you guys suck. Sorry. <laughs> You're terrible at basketball and football. All right. Moving on. And life. Horrible decision making. Why would you? School. Who would want to go to Arizona? Who would want to live in Arizona? <laughs> no one. And who, what a boring state. The Arizona Wildcats. No one. Terrible team. Sun Devils are better. Bobby so, Hurley so and the true. Sun Devils. All right. Moving on. We're going to do some game picks from, for the Sweet 16. All right. So Sweet starting off, forward. Arkansas and Gonzaga. We'll start with you, Caleb. Zags. Right. I'm going to go. I'm going to ride the must bus. One more week. Give me Arkansas. <laughs> Eric Musselman is doing them right, and you know JD Note. Didn't you said just say that you had Arkansas losing to yeah. Vermont in the first round? And, then, and they have won two games. It's Gonzaga, I actually had them losing to Memphis last round, one of my brackets, and I thought that they would lose to Memphis. Right, so. and they they put up fifty three points. They did the game before. <laughs> All they gotta do is hold Drew Timmy because Chet Holmgren sucks. Overrated. 
Jalen he might be overrated, but he's still probably better than anyone on Arkansas. Yeah, he's not. Mm. I like Jalen Williams a lot better. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> he's, their, he's their big. Yeah, I'm taking Gonzaga. Like I'm going to go Gonzaga. Arkansas. Ride the bus All right, uh, Michigan, Villanova, Dylan. Give me Villanova. Just because I don't – I just don't want no the tennis – Yeah, just – yeah, this one's going to come down to free throws. And that 83% from Nova, I like it. Nova, please. Please, Nova. It's tough. I'm going to take Villanova, but I want to take Michigan. Uh, take Texas, Michigan, Texas Tech and Duke. Why would you – hold on. Why would you want to take Michigan? Because like, I think, they're they're, I think they could the easily face. upset. Why, why would anybody want to take Michigan? Because it's March, and you can't predict things like this easily. I think Michigan will play their hearts out. Texas Tech and Duke, Caleb. Uh, Tech. Do you want to like? Do you want to get punched <laughs> in the face? I'm taking Duke, not because like I don't even care. Oh, just, just give me Duke. I'm not even gonna explain anything. Pray we know you're taking Duke because of Cedric Highsmith. Duke, he's gonna be watching the game. Duke, they're gonna University. win. They're fired up. Coach K is gonna get him right. I swear, Duke if they tech. lose this yeah, game, I'm not coming to school tomorrow. <laughs> I'm calling tech, out of work. Texas Tech has been very inconsistent, but their defense is really good. Their, their defense is great, but. Can't win if you can't score. You know what? You're Actually, I'm taking Duke confidently because you can never trust a Big 12 team. You can. You can Go never ahead. trust Overrated. a Big 12 team. Give like me Duke it. by ACC, a billion. ACC uh, I think a shutout. Out. A shutout. Tech hits a game winner. 400 and nothing. I like Duke. It. <laughs> All right. I, like it, I think this is gonna go to overtime, but yeah, I'll take Duke. Okay. Don't. What a random prediction. I, <laughs> I think it'll be really close. All right. Houston, Arizona. Dude. Give me Houston. 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 I like. I like. I like the Cougars. You know what? Let me tell you this. I had that called from the beginning. I had Houston, Tennessee in my fi- in my uh, lead eight. I I just I'll, give me Houston. I'll take uh, Houston, Houston. I'll take Zona. No way. Oh my God, Caleb. All right, we all yeah. all you Dude. Purdue over St. Peter's. Yeah. Sadly, Sadly I'm going Purdue. Yeah. Providence and Kansas. Give me Kansas. Yeah, give me Kansas. I want Providence. I'm win. rolling with the Friars. Ooh. Let's go Providence. I'll take Providence, too. I'm taking Kansas because I need to win my bracket. <laughs> I can't <laughs> have my family winning. All right. Shout out Horkler. The Friars have proven me wrong twice. You know, I picked them to lose first round, second round. They're in the third round. I'm going with them. All right. Probably one of the tougher games to call. UNC and North, uh, UCLA. <laughs> UCLA. UNC. Okay, I would take North Carolina, too. Brady Maddock. Big game. I've got UCLA. I had UCLA beating Baylor, so I'm just going to keep my, keep my right. thing there. And then the final game, uh, Miami and... Iowa State. Give me Miami. Give me the Hurricanes, baby. I Canes. hope they're actually the Hurricanes. They are the Canes. Okay. Yeah, oh, thank are. God. I forgot. <laughs> go with the Hurricanes. I'm going to go Miami. Iowa too. State. Ooh. Iowa State. Get out of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Iowa State. Just, uh, their, their point guard stuff. Stop rolling. Just, we, Wait, oh, hey, my right, God. Caleb, right, don't come back. You're not invited. Rockington. Right now, you got to win it all. Last question. Duke um, right now, I think. I think the only way I have Duke, though, is if UCLA beats UNC. Well, I got Duke no matter what. If UNC beats UCLA, I don't. I don't. I think got Duke UCLA. I know oh, it's winning tough. it all. Oh, winning it all. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, that's it's tough to call. I'll say Duke or Nova. Yes, Just say Saint Peter's next time, Caleb. Just Duke. <laughs> UCLA or Villanova. All right. That that's will. Not, that's not bad. That will end our show. Um, for today, we'll see you guys next week. See. Welcome, everyone, to a special uh, segment of The Undefeated. If you watched watch us live yesterday, this will not make any sense. But if you're listening to us audio version, this will make sense. Uh, I'm still Anthony. I'm here with two former hosts, last year's host, Will. How are you doing? <laughs> uh, 
He's uh, not doing. He's dead. <laughs> Excuse the technical difficulties. We're here on Zoom, um, not regular in the studio. But uh, George is here. He was the host before. Will, how are you doing, George? I'm doing all right. Uh, been a long time since I've been on the show, but uh, good to be back for my favorite favorite time of year. <laughs> Again, excuse the technical difficulties. Um, are you there, Will? Can you hear us? You're cutting in and out, Will. And now he's frozen. All right. When Will gets back, uh, we'll start this. But today we're going to go over uh, my mock draft. The guys are going to give what they would do and their thoughts on it. We're going to kind of discuss free agency here and there. Uh, trades are going to be allowed in this draft. Um, we're just going to wait for Will to get fully back in to the Zoom. Um, if he yeah. ever comes to that. You're still glitchy, though, Will. Well, we'll get that situated. George, what are your thoughts on this? What has been the craziest free agency we've had in a long time? Uh, sorry, uh, only one on my network at my house and running slow. So, <laughs> um, free agency wise, I mean, a, a lot, a lot of weird deals. I'd say, um, I really don't love the Tyreek Hill deal for Miami. Um, I think it's a bad fit. They have the closest thing to to, to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, and two has not been able to show show to throw the ball downfield. So um, I think that I'm the, it, one, I'm the only one on my Wi-Fi and it doesn't work. I don't know what to do. It, it's getting there. Well, we're getting a little bit better. You're getting better. Continue, George. Anyways, I just don't I don't think that Tua can throw the ball downfield to two speed guys. And their new head coach was the former offensive coordinator at San Francisco. So I, I think that they're gonna try use is using either one or both of them as a as a Debo Samuel kind of replacement. And I really don't think, especially I don't think Tyreek Hill can uh, be be run in that role. It sounds like they're gonna run about nine thousand screens a game. Yeah. Um, they got two speed guys, and like you said, two is not known for throwing the ball down the field. Um, but we'll see how that goes. What's your what's been your favorite move of the offseason so far? I I think it has to be Denver Broncos getting a, a top three quarterback in the NFL. Um, I mean, to to get a guy of Russell Wilson's caliber, um, it, it's it's almost unprecedented. You know, you're giving up picks, but. They didn't, you know, they gave up their picks, but who'd they give up after that? Drew Locke, who they didn't want anymore. Shelby Harris is extremely old, and the Broncos signed better guys in free agency. And then Noah Fant, which isn't great, but he's only really shown flashes. He's really never shown to be a true number one tight end. And you still have Alberto on the roster and all that kind of stuff. I, I really think Denver made the best move to be able to, to, to become an easy contender um, right out of nowhere and can compete for a Super Bowl this year. Yeah, I agree. As We're going to try and get Will back in now. He's trying to fix his Wi-Fi problems. Will, you there? Can you hear us? No. <laughs> He's, he's getting there. He's getting there. All right. Can you hear us well? Everything okay? Yeah, I can hear you. All right. So I kind of went over this with George Will, but what are your thoughts on this offseason that's been ridiculous? Oh, my goodness, dude. It's been crazy. So I, my most surprising move to me for yesterday was the Terry Kill move. I mean, I, in my personal opinion, that makes the Chiefs arguably the third best team in that division now. Because Tyreek Hill, 
he's not the best player. He was not going to be the best player in Miami, but he is the reason that that offense was able to do what they do. Because you have an unlike Mahomes who can throw the ball 80 yards in the air, and then you have a guy on the other side like Travis Kelsey who's elite over the middle of the field. So it was kind of a pick your poison, and now the Chiefs, everybody's just going to key in on Travis Kelsey as a stop the game plan. I understand they signed Juju and they, then they signed uh, St. Brown to that awful contract. I mean, Valdez MBS. to that off contract yesterday. And I really think the Chiefs, they didn't have to do much to make themselves better, but they did a lot of things to make themselves worse. Yeah, I think they could have got a lot more for Tyreek Hill. I mean, considering what the Raiders did, got for Devon or the Packers yeah, got for Devonte Adams. I know. I correct myself. Well, you got to look at it this way, right? Tyreek had a no trade clause in his contract, so therefore he basically gets to pick where he wanted to go. Very, very nice. <laughs> Anyways, Tyreek Hill has a no trade contract. No trade clause Adams. I, 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 right, but he got to pick where he got to go. Therefore, the Miami Dolphins didn't have to give up as much yeah, draft capital because he wasn't going to play for Chiefs. Watson wanted, like, he... <laughs> exactly. So they could have gotten five first round picks. Yeah, okay. You can only you can only <laughs> trade first round picks three years in advance, Well. Yeah, kind of like what the Browns did. Yeah, what are your guys' uh, thoughts on Deshaun Watson going to Cleveland now? Um, I know a lot of, a lot of Browns, Browns fans are happy about it, and a lot of Browns fans are not happy about it. So, do I think he's an elite quarterback? We'll see. Do I think he was an elite quarterback? Yes. I think he was the fourth best quarterback that his last season in Houston. Um, do I know if he can get back to that level? I mean, he's been, you know, not playing for a season, so it's going to be really interesting to see where he's at. And – and what kind of suspension do you get to start the season? So, I think Will's trying to talk about the controversy. I mean, I, his suspension is going to be big, but it's, I don't think it's going to be – yeah, uh, he's a controversial player, not because of his play on the field, but it's because of the issues that are happening off the field. And he's been proven innocent by the legal system. But a lot of people – Not uh, proven, like not proven notion. innocent. He wasn't whoa, indicted. Whoa, whoa, not proven innocent. He just wasn't indicted, Will. Meaning there wasn't enough evidence to bring it against him. He's not innocent. I think he'll be suspended. At least not proven innocent. I think he'll be suspended at most for the first two months of the season, maybe a month and a half. I don't think it'll be think I think at most it's the season. That's my guess. The season, Will? minimum, I think it's eight to ten games. I I think it's a minimum Uh, of eight to ten games. Yeah, I can definitely see that. All right. And a, I, I think it's a minimum minimum of four, but I think he's going to get between six and ten. My my guess would be eight. And I also wouldn't be sur- surprised if they told him that he can't play this season at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. would not surprise me. So say they but do then, suspend uh, Deshaun, do they keep Baker Mayfield around to start after him, or are they going to trade him? Around Baker Mayfield late? will not play another snap for the Cleveland Browns. He's already he 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 literally he will. Uh, 
He will not take the field. It doesn't matter to him about the money, about the anything. He literally will not take another snap for them. And they signed Jacoby Brissett in the offseason, so he'll start. But, I mean, best case Houston. Deshaun Watson doesn't start this season, and they get a top 10 to 12 pick with with whatever they're already going to have. Yeah. So, right. Yeah, and I really like Jacoby Brissett starting. So. Top 10 to 12 pick. Yeah. Again, sorry for all the. Uh... Kind of uh, technical difficulties you're experiencing, as I think we might have lost George. Um, another quarterback that was on the move, George. Matt Ryan, went to the Indianapolis I, Colts. Personally, I like Matt Ryan in India. Indy, what they need right now is a game manager who's not going to turn the ball over, who's going to be able to get those receivers or hand off the ball to Jonathan Taylor. And I think that's exactly what you get in Matt Ryan. Yes, I, I don't know really if I love big. it, but you know he's a respectable backup. Matt Ryan. Matt, oh, Matt no. Ryan is not a backup quarterback. He is a starting quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. All right. Do you still think that they could? You'd like draft a quarterback in the second or third round? I said that about Brissett like three minutes ago. Yeah. Show you how good the internet is. Yeah. So with the Colts now having Matt I can Ryan, realistically see it. Yeah, we can we can see. Uh, Matt Ryan, he's what 30, 30, 32, something like that. Do you no, see them older. drafting a quarterback? Older. He's 36. 36. 36. I thought he was younger he's, than that. He's on like one of the worst contracts in the NFL because yeah. he's old balls. Falcons took what like a forty-five mil. Uh, I could I could yeah, see yeah. them taking a quarterback, but I don't think it's realistic. Like Indianapolis is going to try to get a quarterback through different methods. I personally thought that they were going to go after Garoppolo because he's a younger guy that they can keep around for a little while. Matt Ryan's only going to be there for a max of four more years. Before yeah, but Matt Ryan is a much better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. A much, much better quarterback. So you might as well go with the upside of Matt Ryan, draft the guy in the second round, second, third round this year, like Carson Strong, Matt Corral, Devin Ritter, and go with it from there. Let him sit under Matt Ryan for a season or two and, and, and figure out if they're the guy or not. But Matt Ryan is better for you for contending now because he's a better quarterback. And he has Amy, I mean – all I'm saying is that wherever Jimmy Garoppolo goes, he tends to win. And, yes, Matt Ryan is a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo, but Jimmy Garoppolo's younger and can give more value to your franchise for more time to come. That's all I'm saying. I'm not, I, I really like the move for Ryan, but I was thinking they But they're trying, they're trying to contend now. 
So why not get the best quarterback you can get that's on the market, right? Other than Jimmy Garoppolo, and then draft a guy either this year or next year to work under Ryan. But you're trying to compete because you have a fantastic roster with a great running back, a great offensive line. You might as well try and actually compete rather than sit back and take a guy who's yeah he wins a lot, but also he's had great coaching everywhere he's went and a fantastic roster everywhere he's went. Yeah. Any more comments on that, Will? Or... Not particularly. I mean, both quarterbacks made sense as a fit there. So, and Wentz needed to go. But I think the Colts need to settle down soon. Like they, because they're shooting themselves in the foot by not having had a quarterback. I mean, I understand you lose Andrew Luck, but then you don't, if once you lose Andrew Luck and you have a roster like the one you have, you don't go sign Phillip Rivers, who's only going to play for you for a year. You should have gone out and got a guy who's going to start for you for time to come or a younger guy who has a lot more upside. Cause Phillip rivers was only ever going to be a one-year guy and probably, and that you just need a guy who's going to start long-term on a team like that, just because of how great the roster is and how homegrown everything is. And then quickly, just before we do start the mock draft, where do you guys think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to end up? That's a tough one. Because a lot of the quarterback needy teams have already filled their position at quarterback. Maybe. Maybe. I I, I think Carolina, just because Matt Rule has to keep his job. And so the only way to keep your job is you win probably seven, eight, nine games this season. And your best option for doing that is either Garoppolo or Baker. And I don't know if Matt Rule wants to deal with Baker. So Garoppolo seems like the next, next best option. Yeah, I can totally see that happening. I could totally see that. I could also potentially see – I'm thinking this through before I say it out loud. Maybe Houston could give up very little and acquire him. Just That makes no sense. Yeah, I don't think Houston needs That him. makes no sense. They're set with Davis Mills. Yeah. It's the only other place they could see him go is Seattle. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. He's not going to go within the division. That's not really his choice. I'm thinking he doesn't Unless have no they offer An arm and a leg. Yeah, but he's or not ending on terms that Baker Mayfield right. is ending on. He's ending on good terms with the team, so he'll get to choose where he wants to go, basically. But like, they can. It's not like how Deshaun Watson got to choose where he wants to go. He gets to choose where he wants to go because he's on good terms with the team as opposed to bad yeah. terms. With the team. All right, and. With that, we're going to start uh, this year's mock draft. So up first, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they filled up a lot of needs uh, in free agency. They signed who is it? They signed a lot of people. They got uh, Evan Ingram, Foye Luakon, Falaransu Fatakasi, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, and Brandon Schreif as their big players. Um, I think they're good on the offensive line. So for me, they go with what well, many people view as the best player in the draft class, and that's Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how assuredly they fixed up a lot of their holes. They still have a big hole at wide receiver. I really don't like the Kirk contract. Um, Fatu Kasi's contract's really big. I don't know if I love it. I mean, uh, Miles Jack might. They, they, I don't know why you put Miles Jack just to sign Fatu Kasi to that bigger contract. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I think Aiden Hutchinson is probably the most surefire 
prospect in this class, a guy you know is going to be good, uh, second most surefire player in this class, a guy you know is going to be really good. Um, he's not the first, first Ed Rusher on my board just because I don't know how high his ceiling is compared to other guys. And, um, you know, he doesn't bend around the edge great, but, you know, Aiden Hodgson is really solid. He's going to be a great locker room guy. Um, so I, I, I truly think this is where Jacksonville is going to go at number one. I can also see them going Hutchinson here. I would, I mean, they're not, they're locked up for right now on the offensive line, but with a guy like Evan Neal and Iquani still on the board, I could see them going with one of those two guys and potentially kicking, uh, they take him into guard or Neal moving him to the right side, just because Cam uh, Robinson is only on that one year franchise tag deal and he's on the second year of it. So the chances of him continuing to resign or getting a long-term contract with them are dwindling by the year that every time they use the franchise tag. So, right, but what I is can, the good using a tackle? They like Walker Little a lot. They mm-hmm. can sign a tackle free agency. Uh, I just and, and the GM came out and said the other day that they are good on tackle. They like what they're at at tackle. And maybe they're just waiting for Cam Robinson to have a really good season to be able to sign into a long-term contract. It's another kind of a more prove-it year. I don't know. I don't truly get it, but I don't think they're going tackle because – they already have two tackles on the roster, so it makes zero sense. Yeah. I, um, I could. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, offensive tackle was obviously the play, but now I think Aiden Hutchinson goes in, starts right away opposite uh, Josh Allen because Caleb on chase on isn't exactly what they thought he would be yet. And then Aiden Hutchinson, I think, is a surefire starter for that defense. Yeah, Chase, to help chase, chase on has been a bust so far. It's not looked good for him. So they kind of replace him with Aiden Hutchinson, who we know uh, broke out in this past season. I think he's going to be a great player. He could actually be the best player when we look back at this class in five years' time. Definitely. I don't think he will. I think Kyle Hamilton could be, but Kayvon Thibodeau. But most people view him as the best player in the class. So moving on, we have the Detroit Lions, who most people think they could take a quarterback here, but I don't. I have them taking – uh, I know, George, you are in love with him. I'm in love with him, too. Kayvon Thibodeau, the edge out of Oregon. I think he's so good, and people underrate him, undervalue him. I don't know why there's talks about him falling. I think he's really good off the edge. He's got speed, power, everything you need in an edge rusher, and he goes in and fits that style uh, that Detroit Lions are trying to build. Yeah, I think he has one of the highest ceilings uh, in this class overall. Um, I love Thibodeau. He's the number one edge rusher on my board, the number two on my board overall. Um, you know, uh, he, he does everything really well. He's got a wicked first step, um, uses hands decently, doesn't have great bend, but, um, I, I really think that, that, um, where he could be in two or three seasons is, you know, uh, a place, you know, that, uh, a lot, a lot of great addresses are at. I'm trying to think of like a, you know, maybe a Max a Max Crosby type of place or something like that. I, I really think that Kayvon could, could reach that level. So, um, yeah, a fantastic player. I don't know, though, if the Lions take Ed Rusher. They did just sign both of the Aquara brothers for, for, for a while. And so there, there's your two pass rushers. I, I, I think they might go something different here, whether that's a quarterback or, you know, a corner or receiver or maybe even a safety. If I'm the Lions here, I think Kayvon Thibodeau is amazing. He's big, fast, strong, all the things you want in an edge rusher. But uh, as George said, they just signed to the Aquara brothers. I like Charles Harris. Uh, 
And quarterback is – there's not a quarterback in this draft worth a top five pick. So if you're going to take a quarterback, you need to take him at 32 with your other first-round pick if you're the Lions. And I could very easily see him going with Kyle Hamilton or Saw Gardner here just to put someone else opposite Akuda or to start building that secondary through Kyle Hamilton. But I I agree with the Thibodeau. And they're in a very interesting spot. Uh, they could trade down if they wanted to as well. Um, but I think Thibodeau – I don't know about that. Because who wants to trade up in this draft? It's not – Yeah, that's, that's the real problem. Everybody would want to trade down in this class because there's really not any top-end talent. But um, – so, so it's really tough because I, I bet you Jags would trade one. No doubt in my mind. Jags mm-hmm. would definitely want to trade one if they could get a good haul back for it. Yeah, I can agree. Uh, they've been there's talks about that going on. I the good haul. I think they will because it's the number one overall pick. It's the number one overall pick, but the best players, like there's no surefire Hall of Fame quarterbacks or surefire like they're they're surefire players that are going to be really good, but there's no like superstar level. You know what I'm saying? Like there's no. Yeah. Well, I think there's one. I think there's one in this class. Yeah, I do. I think there's one superstar level guy. The only thing is he plays a, a less important position. So he'll be picked here yeah, in the next Kyle Hamilton. couple picks. Um, so moving on, we have the, the the Houston Texans. They wanted an edge rusher, Thibodeau and Hutchinson off the board. Uh, there are talks about trading Larry Tunsil. Even if they don't, I'm going to take Evan Neal, the tackle out of Alabama, having Neal on one side, who can play on the right, and having uh, Tunsil on the left, or you could switch him anyway. That's offensive pairing that. Uh, it's great for them. They need to protect Davis Mills back there. And I think Evan Neal is just a bit over Ikemekwanu in this draft. I, I think that, yes, I, I agree. Evan Neal is my OT1. But I think in this case, especially if they're going to want a right tackle, that Ikemekwanu is the move here. Um, just because he, he, he can play guard, he can play tackle, he can play anywhere you want. Um, and, and so he's just, he's just a killer, especially in the run. And you can shove him at right tackle. You still have Laramie Tunsil at left tackle, who got a restructured contract this past season. And there you go with David Mills. But I, I definitely think that Evan Neal is going to want to play on the left side. And I don't know how well he's going to, he's going to have to switch all of his movement to the right. And I don't know if you want to do that per per, uh, per se. If I'm if I'm going O lineman here, I'm definitely taking the Quanu because he can kick into guard for them, and uh, he's a better run blocker. And they already have Tunzel on a deal, and or I could realistically see them just saying we need literally every position in football on our team except maybe quarterback, and just take the best player available, which is Kyle Hamilton. I could honestly see that, uh, but I like I don't necessarily hate the pick of the Neil, but if I'm them, I'm going to Quanu instead. Yeah, I can see. I think uh, that these tackles are so close. It's these two, and then Charles Cross isn't far behind, but these two are the best in the class. I just think Evan Neal's the better one. That's what the Texans look at more better instead of you know what they need. Um, but moving on to the Jets, they lost Marcus May in free agency, so they're going to try and replace him here with, to me, the best player in the class, and that's Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame. I love watching this guy. He's a ball hawk. He can make plays whenever you need it to, and I think he's going to go in, fit right in that secondary that needs help. See, I I love Kyle Hamilton. I agree with you. He's the best player in this class. But the Jets have already signed two safeties this offseason. They have really specific needs to help out their young quarterback to see if he's really the guy or not. That's what you got to find out this season. 
is is Zach your guy? Is Zach the guy that's going to take you forward, or do you have to scrap that like the Cardinals did with Rosen and go take another guy next season? So I think helping out their quarterback is best fit. And if Ike McQuan is still on the board here, I don't see any way they pass them up because with uh, Makai Becton constantly getting injured and and the fact that Ike McQuan could also kick in at guard um, next to George Fant on the right side and then have Alvera Tucker on the left side. I mean, that is just a stout offensive line. Um, and then grab either or then grab a weapon at 10. I, I just don't see them taking Kyle Hampton here, signing two safeties and needing offense to help their young quarterback really badly. Yeah, I have to agree with George. I really like Kyle Hamilton, too. He's amazing. He can get around the field. He's, amazing. he's just amazing. But I don't think that he'll be able to he's, – he's not going to go to the Jets. The Jets are work, – they've worked – they got two safeties, like George said, but they, their offense is by far the most important thing they need to worry about right now, especially with a guy you took it to overall last year and he didn't live up to the number two overall hype and you just need to build around him, give him all the weapons you could possibly need maybe try, try your hardest to trade out of this spot and if Aconu's not there and get back down and get a get a receiver for him uh, or just take another receiver at ten, just take a receiver at 10 and take best offensive lineman available here but yeah. they're not going to go defense with this pick i could easily see that um i think they're in a position though where best player available and Kyle Hamilton is i think offensive tackle is a need for him um well mainly mainly guard not offensive tackle, but I think they're in a position where they just go best player available, and that's Kyle Hamilton to me. Um, but moving on to the New York Giants, they have said they're willing to trade down from pick five or seven. This one will not be the pick. As he's still here, they're going to go Ika McQuanu, the tackle of NC State. They need offensive line help so badly uh, to protect. They're going to try Daniel Jones for one more year, and I think McQuanu goes in and helps that offensive line massively. Yeah, I think the same thing kind of we said for the Jets goes for the Giants here. You got to see if your quarterback is the guy. And if they're going to hang on to Daniel Jones, uh, I think that they have to actually figure out if he is the man that can play there. So um, I absolutely agree. They really they could still use offensive line. I still think they could use weapons, all that kind of stuff. But um, I, I really like the pick of Ike McQuano here if he's still on the board. Yeah, th- no debate for me here. Uh Daniel Jones just needs to show if he can do it behind a good line because he's only ever had a, a pretty awful line in his career. So if he can show that he can do it behind a good line, then he'll be the guy. But if not, they're just going to probably end up being really bad like the Giants and take one of the top guys next year. Yeah, we'll see what they do. I think um, this is just the best pick for them to help out their young quarterback. Now the Carolina Panthers on the board. This is a tough spot. They could choose Charles Cross, which would be a big need to the offensive line or they could choose a quarterback, which they need. And I, I'm not confident Sam Darnold's the guy at all. So although there's not Malik Willis is the only quarterback top 10, in my opinion, I think they're going to go Kenny Pickett, who's the most pro-ready and the QB to save, try and save Matt Rule's job. Yeah, I mean, the Panthers are heavy, heavily rumored to go Pickett here just because, right, their owner is from – Pittsburgh. He's a big Pittsburgh guy. He was a part owner of the Steelers before he owned the Panthers. And the fact that Matt Rule tried recruiting um, Kenny Pickett very badly to Temple when Matt Rule was there. So I I, I really think this is just where they're going to want to go to save, try and save Matt Rule's job if they don't get a veteran like um, like Garoppolo, who spoke at the top of the show. Uh, but I, I, I really, I don't know if I like this pick. Kenny Pickett is the fourth best quarterback on my board. 
Um, so it's going to be really interesting, but I definitely think predictive wise, this is where they, they, they're going to go at six. I see what I, I don't think, as I said before, I don't think that there's really any quarterbacks worth a top pick in this draft. I like Pickett. I understand where you're coming from, but if I'm a Panthers fan, I don't want them to, I want them to try as hard as they possibly can to get out of the picket. They're going to take picket anyway to trade out, but no one wants to trade up because there's no one worth taking here really. So I agree with the pick, but not because I like it just because it makes sense. Yeah. And now the Giants on the clock. This is our first trade. The Pittsburgh Steelers pick number 20. They are going to offer if I can do this fast. Sorry about that. They're going to give the New York Giants pick number 20. Uh, for number seven, a second round pick this year, a first round pick next year, and then a fourth round pick next year to get the number seven overall pick from the New York Giants. And with that pick, they took they got Trubisky uh, in the offseason. I don't think he's the guy. And I think Malik Willis is the guy and they need to do whatever they can to get him. He's a developmental guy that needs a year to sit kind of like Trey Lance last year. And to me, he's the best quarterback in the class. And he fits perfect with that Pittsburgh system. Now, as the resident Pittsburgh Steelers fan, um, you know it, it's interesting. I don't. I don't think it's going to take that much to move up. You're you're going to probably. My guess would be either two ones and you get back a fourth, or you're going to trade a first, a second, and a third. Um, and, and so I really I, two ones and a two. The Giants are are the happiest people alive. But because the top of this draft is so uh, not heavy right the best part of this draft is in this middle rounds where it's got great depth I really don't think it's going to take that much but I think Pittsburgh trades up for Malik Willis they've been eyeing him for forever Mike Tomlin has said so much about how he, how he wants a running quarterback and so uh, I definitely think this is a move that could get made I don't love the actual trade uh, but I absolutely get it let Malik Willis sit behind Mitch Trubisky for a year and then have him start next year. And he has the best traits. He has elite traits um, that could definitely go towards football field. He just has to work on his accuracy. He's got to work on, you know, his preparation, that kind of stuff. But uh, this is my number one quarterback in the draft, just because you can see those elite traits that can make him an elite guy. Yeah. Well, yeah, I really like the fit of Pittsburgh. Put him with Mike Tomlin. He's probably going to be the Steelers starting quarterback for the long, a long time. And his arm is insane. I watched part of his that one throw at his pro day where he threw it like 50, 50 plus yards in the air or something crazy like that. It was very impressive to watch. I really like Willis, and I could see him being a quarterback in Pittsburgh for years to come. Yeah, and uh, now sitting here at eight, the Atlanta Falcons, they're frustrated because Willis and Pickett are off the board. They just traded away Matt Ryan. Mariota's the starter now. Um, but even if they were on the board, I don't think they take quarterback. I think they're going to go Trayvon Walker, the edge out of Georgia. That defense needs help desperately, and some edge rush off the uh, Trayvon Walker is great. I think he was really undervalued, and after his pro day, he, he shot up. After the Senior Bowl, he shot up, and I think that's where they're going to go. Keep him local too. I like the Trayvon. I like Trayvon Walker here. Their defense was awful at getting pressure last year. Their leading sacks, their sack leader only had like four or five sacks last year. Awful. And I could also see them going with uh, 
corner to put opposite Terrell or get uh, Marcus Mariota weapon. Like uh, James Williams, like any of the top receivers in this class, I see going to Atlanta here just because there's nobody there after Calvin Ridley gets suspended, other than Kyle Pitts. Uh, I'm really not the biggest fan of Trevon Walker. Um, I definitely think this is the range where he'll go, but I, I, you know, he has elite traits. He had an all time combine, but I really just don't. He didn't rush the passer very well. He was a great run stuffer, bigger guy, could fit at a five-tech, maybe even a three-tech like a, a Cameron Hayward or a Cam Jordan. But I just don't – I didn't really see a lot of progress rushing the passer in his tape. And so he's a really big project, which I don't love, taking an eight where the Falcons could use that on a receiver or another corner to pair um, with – uh, with AJ Terrell or a more refined pass rusher like a Jermaine Johnson or George Karloftis. So, um, you know, I, I understand where you're coming from, and I absolutely think predictively this is going to be the pick. I just really don't like it because I'm really not a huge fan of Javon Walker. Yeah, I can see. I think Jermaine Johnson is a little bit better, but I think the Falcons are going to want to keep him local, and I think that – I think this is just – I don't know, actually. The Falcons, they're weird, an interesting team. I think uh, Walker will definitely help them. He's not, he might not be the best edge on the board, but I think he's going to help them uh, out the most. And now sitting here at number nine, after trading away Russell Wilson, the other Seattle Seahawks. Again, no quarterback here is worth taking. So I'm going to take Charles Cross, the offensive tackle at Mississippi State. I think they're going to run a year with Drew Locke. If it doesn't work, you're going to get either Bryce Young or CJ Stroud next year. And Charles Cross is a great pass blocker. Uh, I think he's going to go in and slot right in to uh, replace Dwayne Brown. But they lost some free agency. I think this is a good pick for Seattle. Yeah, I bet you Russell Wilson will love this one the season after he gets traded. So I really like this pick for Seattle, but I just don't think it's realistic just for what they normally like to do. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I, I think Charles Cross is great. He's the best pure pass protector in this class. I just – it, it's not a Seattle pick. It's not what Seattle's going to do. So um, I definitely see them taking a Jermaine Johnson or uh, a Stingley here or something like that. They, they just don't take tackle in the first round for some reason, and they wonder why Russell Wilson wanted to leave so bad. Yeah, they have a bad history when it comes to drafting a lineman. They're O-line one of the bottom five in the NFL for the last three, four, five years. And I, I agree that they should go with this pick. It's just not a Seattle pick. I could definitely see them going with the two guys that George said. And uh, if, you, if you take a guy like him here and Drew Locke doesn't pan out, you end up top two or three pick next year, which I don't think is going to happen. Seattle normally has a lower floor than that. But if it does happen, a lot of people's plans are to take a guy here and bank on C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, and that's only going to work for two teams. So, yeah. We'll see. I think I don't think this will be the pick, but it should be the pick. Um, Charles Cross would fit that offensive line perfect. Now the Jets, who have Seattle's pick in the Jamal Adams trade, uh, they're mad that Charles Cross off the board. He would have fit perfect for them, so they're going to get some edge help and go Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State. Uh, he shot up at the Senior Bowl just like Trayvon Walker, and I think he's going to go in and help that edge, help that defensive line. Yeah, I, I like I, I like Jermaine Johnson. He's my number three edge in this class behind um, Hutchinson and Thibodeau. But uh, the Jets, 
are really interesting. They could go edge rusher, but with the the absolute best cornerback on the board here, that's where I'd go. I think Sauce Gardner could be killer for them. If they didn't want to go corner because they already drafted safety earlier, which is already what we talked about, then I think they go wide receiver and they take a guy like Garrett Wilson who could help them out tremendously. Um, great route runner, great hands. I, I just don't – I don't know if I see them – fully going edge unless one of the top two guys is on the board. I see that. Actually, I do like the pace of them going edge but I could really Really could see them taking Wilson one because they have they need to get back Wilson offensive of weapons to make sure that he's the guy. Yeah, I could totally see that too. And guys um, like uh, Zach Wilson, you saw at BYU, he likes to run around a lot, and with a guy like Wilson or just guys that are all moving and always get open that. They'll just keep moving, and he'll be able to keep it down the field. Yeah, it's still happening. I just think uh, I think their receiver. This is a deep receiver class, not as good as we've seen in recent in years past. But I think there's a good enough receiver in the second round that they can get uh, to keep edge here. Now, uh, moving on to the Washington football team, they traded for Carson Wentz. He's not the answer. Let's be honest. But again, there's just no quarterback worth taking here. So they're going to help out Terry McLaurin and get uh, Garrett Wilson, the wide receiver out of Ohio State. Big body receiver who can go up and get the ball. He's got speed. He's everything you want in a receiver. I think he's going to help out this Washington team. Uh, I don't know where you get big body from, but that is definitely not the way to describe Garrett Wilson. I definitely think they go receiver here, but I'm looking more at like a Drake London, a guy that opposite Terry McLaurin could be crazy. And it it gives you, um, you know, a different set, a different type of receiver other than the two guys you already have with, with him and Curtis Samuel and even Deame Brown. Um, I really think that, that Drake London should be the pick here. Um, uh, big fan of, of Garrett Wilson. He's the wide receiver one on my board. I just don't, I don't see the fit there because if you have all three guys that can do the same thing at receiver, then, you know, you're going to only – it's either going to know how to play you, but if you if you have different guys that can do different things, um, I think that is the best way to construct a receiving core. Um, and and so I really think Drake London would – if they're going to target receiver here, I think Drake London would be the pick. Hold on. Go. <laughs> I, I like Garrison as much as the next guy. I keep my one. I mean – I don't want him on my team, but he's... he's you wouldn't want Garrett Wilson on the Eagles? Uh, but I don't think Washington goes with him here. Uh, they got Samuel, they got uh, Terry McLaurin. I could definitely see them improving there. No, he's too much like Devontae Smith. That's fair. All right. And I don't want to have the same Richard archetype. Yeah, yeah, I can sort of agree. Moving on now to the Minnesota Vikings, who are ecstatic right now because both of the top corners are still on the board. And here at 12, they're going to pick the best corner. What's happening? 
I think it's still the Wi-Fi is still trying to catch up from well speaking about 17 minutes ago. Sorry for the technical difficulties to everyone listening in. Um, yeah, I'm I'm at work and I'm on, on LTE and I'm working a lot better than Will's Wi-Fi at his home. Yeah, it's horrible. All right, so going back to what I was saying, uh, the, the Vikings, they're ecstatic because both the corners are on the board. They're going to go to the best corner in the class. Uh, Sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati, just trying to ignore what you can hear from Will. Uh, I think he... I can't. <laughs> He's still going. <laughs> um, anyways, I, I, I really like the, the pick of Sauce Gardner if he's here. I really think he goes earlier. I think he might go 10 to the Jets, who might be the best fit. But um, just a shutdown man corner that can still play some zone. A really smart guy, a really likable guy. Didn't give up any touchdowns in high school or college. Um, I really like Sauce Gardner. He's my CB1. If the Vikings can get his hands on, get their hands on him here, I think they absolutely do and pull the trigger. I think Derek Stingley would have been cornerback one if his effort and his attitude were so much higher. Well, and, uh, the other fact is he's got a Liz Frank injury. And and so and the Liz Frank injury is horrible for for corners and guys who really use their speed. That's what slowed down Calvin, uh, you know, Megatron and why he ended his career, you know, uh, well, this Frank injury is really bad and, and, and really one of the worst injuries you can get. Yeah. I'd, I'd really love to see, like, the Eagles maybe move up three spots and get Sauce Gardner here. I would love him and Darius Slade together in the same secondary. Sauce Gardner's uh, – he said that he doesn't want to start giving up touchdowns now. So – uh, I I really like the fit for him in Minnesota, who really needs help at corner. Desperately need help at corner. Um, so sitting here, yes, number thirteen, the Houston Texans. They picked uh, Evan Neal earlier. They have a lot of options. I don't think there's an edge rusher worth taking at thirteen, uh, which is not the need. Or and they're Derek Stingley still on the board, but I have my second trade here. The Kansas City Chiefs are going to trade up from pick. Number 29, I believe it is. They're going to give him a first this year and a second this year as well. Number 62 for pick number 13. And with this pick, having just traded away Tyreek Hill, they're going to take Jamison Williams, the wide receiver, out of Alabama. I think he's electrifying. Yes, he tore his ACL, but I think he'll be back in time. But he is a playmaker, and he's not going to replace Tyreek Hill. You can't replace Tyreek Hill. But I think he's going to go in and become that number one in Kansas City. Oh no, I, re- I really like this. I think this is something they're definitely trying to do move up the move up the board. Although I do I do think it's interesting that the Steelers had to trade you know two ones and a two to move up uh, you know thirteen spots. But when the Chiefs try and move up sixteen spots, they only have to deal a second. Robot Will is back. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, no, I really think they're, they're going to try him up and move James Williams. I know he tore his ACL, but I, I have no doubt that he comes back and is just a, the absolute speedster he was at Alabama. Yeah, I can totally agree. Well, if you can try and get something out, what are your thoughts on this pick? So I'll give an invitation. Ah, ah, ooh, ooh, <laughs> ooh, ooh, ah, ooh. No, uh, I think we should just move on. All right. Moving on, the uh, Baltimore Ravens, who yeah, thought they had Zadarius. There it is. The idea of 
Just in context for you guys yeah. listening. He's not actually talking right now. That's <laughs> right, two minutes ago. Hopefully this will be sorted out uh, when we do uh, 17 through 32 next week. We're going to stop at picks after pick 16, uh, release the episode, and then we're going to do 17 to 32 next week. Um, so the uh, going back to the Ravens, they thought they had Darius Smith. Um, that was a huge thing. They signed him. He backed out. He's going to Minnesota now, which honestly, it's not a bad signing for them. No. Um, so sitting here, I think interior defensive lineman is the biggest need. And you have Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt. And Jordan Davis had an amazing combine. But I think Devontae Wyatt will get to the quarterback. I think Jordan Davis has the speed, but he's more of a run stuffer. And Devontae Wyatt's more that pass rusher. And I think he's going to go in and fit uh, well with that Baltimore defense, which is great, but they need help on the interior. See, I like this pick a lot. I really do. Devontae Wyatt is the is my D tackle one on my board over Jordan Davis. I think that the Ravens should do this, but I don't think they will. I think they really covet um, athletic freaks that are, you know, absolutely freaks of nature. You remember Haloti Nada was a Ravens defensive tackle for forever. And and I think that they're going to cover covet Jaden uh, uh, Jordan Davis a lot more than they will Devontae Wyatt just because that's the, that's the kind of thing they look for is just elite talent and, and elite, you know, un, un, you know untrainable skills. So, um, I, but I really like to pick up Devontae Wyatt here. I think it is a better pick because Jordan Davis being as fast and as big as he is, he is not conditioned very well, and he's not going to be able to be a three-down defensive lineman where Devontae Wyatt easily could and could help you rush the passer a lot more than Jordan Davis will. So I really like the pick. I just don't think it's what's going to happen. Yeah, I agree. As Will is finally back now. We can hear him better. Will, what are your there thoughts on this pick? On uh, Devontae, Devontae Wyatt, Wyatt. I, yeah. I really think that I was going to go with them as well. I think that the Ravens, they don't need – they don't have very many gigantic holes, but interior D-line is one of their gigantic holes, and you fill it here with the best available interior defensive lineman in the class, my personal opinion. Yeah, again, Jordan Davis had that outstanding combine, but I think Devontae Wyatt, Devontae Wyatt's more polished than Jordan Davis, especially as the pass rusher. Um, so here we are sitting at the Philadelphia Eagles. They have two picks back-to-back. Their first pick, they need some secondary help. They're going to go Derek Stingley, the corner out of LSU. This is ideal for them. He falls to them. Uh, again, big concerns with the attitude, the effort, the injury. I think he's going to go in and work uh, alongside, alongside, um, what's his name, Darius Slate, perfectly. Um, I I like Stingley a lot, but I'm really concerned with his injury, especially because he's getting it so young. And I would also love to see a peak Derek Stingley alongside Darius Slate, but I just don't know if that's going to happen. So I would. I wouldn't be mad at this pick, but I don't necessarily – I wouldn't necessarily be ecstatic about it either. Given that he has the injury issues. Oh, we lost George. What's going on? It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> it looks like he's back. It looks like he's back. <laughs> Again, sorry for all the technical difficulties that you're experiencing. Um, sure what will was two minutes ago we're gonna see if we can get george's opinion 
on this. Okay. Yeah, such editing this. Yeah, no, editing is going to be horrible. But that's what we do. Try and deliver. Hopefully you guys uh, do like our new live stream uh, versions of this. It's just something we thought of doing. And we've kind of I watched a couple of them. We, we enjoy it. You know, we enjoy it. Um, you should bring me in for one. Sounds lit. I would, me and George versus all of them in trivia, we would dominate. Yeah, sure. All right. Looks like George is back. All right, George, what are your thoughts on the Derek Stingley pick? Uh, with Stingley, um, I, again, I think the Eagles are ecstatic to get this pick. He was the best cornerback in college football as a true freshman, which is insane. Um, now, I, I, I don't know if I, I super love the fit, but if you're going to get the most talented cornerback in this class, you might as well go for it. Um, I, I don't think Stingley lasts this long. I think that they're, they'll have to settle for McDuffie, but still a great pick, and they do need to help at cornerback. So I really do like this pick for the Eagles. And now here we are, pick 16. They're picking again. They need linebacker help. But would you take Devin Lloyd or Nakobe Dean inside the top 20? I, I It's interesting. I'm going to go Devin Lloyd out of Utah. I think he's more polished than Nakobe Dean. Now, I think Nakobe Dean has more upside, but I think – Devin Lloyd will slot right in and just linebacker help is what they need. Will's hating this pick. I can see it. I, I like Devin Lloyd and I like Nicobe Dean. I like them both a lot, but one of them is going to be there at 19. If Drake London is still on the board. You don't take Drake London. The city of Philadelphia will burn to the ground. Oh, like, just like they didn't take Justin Jefferson. Yeah. But then this time, it, Howie Roseman's life will be on the line. Not from me, from everybody else. I live in Dallas. I'm too far to make this a real threat. But uh, Devin Lloyd and Nicobe Dean, I like them both a lot just because of how bad our linebacking situation is. But if Drake London is still here, you have to take him. It's the best pick if Drake London is here. No, I definitely think if Drake London is here, you take him. And I'm not, I'm not super high on any of the linebackers. I think there's a lot of depth to this linebacker class. You know, you got guys like Chad Moomin, Wyoming, or Leo Chanel, or Brian Osamoa, guy, guys like that, Quay Walker, Channing Tindall, guys that will be later on. So I don't know if I love this pick of linebacker here. We know how Howie Roseman is not going to draft a linebacker. So, um, you know, it's a great fit for them. I like Devin Lloyd. He's my linebacker one, but I really don't see them doing it. And I don't know if it's the best pick just because there's a lot of depth here in this class. Yeah, I also really like Devin Lloyd. And I honestly, if I'm the Eagles, I'm taking Lloyd at 16, but I'm taking London at 15 if he's still there. I don't see Stingley coming all the way down to us or us taking Stingley. Mm. Yeah, I guess what you say about – And we have 19, three picks later. So if any of these guys are falling to us, we'll take the next best available. You look at 17, 18. The only one – I don't – the Chargers don't need a receiver. They're set. The Saints do – so Drake London could uh, be off the board. That's, that's debatable. I really think the Chargers could take a receiver. Their they're wide receiver three night round is Josh Palmer. I don't – why would they not take a receiver, especially when there's guys like Olave still on the board. Um, they could take an athletic freak like Traylon Burks or, you know, who's my wide receiver two, Garrett Wilson – or not Garrett Wilson, um, Drake London. So they could definitely take a receiver. And then the Saints after them are extremely receiver needy. So I definitely think there's a receiver on the board that the Eagles want at 15 or 16. They have to take him there. Yeah, you have to take London here, as George said, 
both of those teams, the Chargers not as receiver needy, but you only really have two offensive pass threats with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. You don't really have all that great of a tight end, and you need to get that third guy. And they're probably going to take a tight end in the later rounds. So I think that London has to – best receiver available has to go to the Eagles at 15 or 16, or he's going to get nabbed by the Saints or the Chargers, without a doubt. Maybe, but again, I kind of like what you were saying. I'm looking at this more as like what the GM would do. I do agree that Drake London could be the pick here, but I think the GM is going to look at it, say linebackers help, and Devin. Howie Lloyd. Roseman will not draft. Howie Roseman is the worst the GM round. in football. Well, we'll see how that goes. I have been picking Devin Lloyd though. I could easily see Drake He's London. Not, Devin or... Lloyd is not going to be an Eagle at pick 15 or pick 16 just because Howie Roseman is terrible, and I don't see Devin Lloyd or making it past the Los Angeles Chargers, who are extremely linebacker needy. That's true, but they're also offensive tackle needy. And they're also receiver three needy. So, yeah. so I think that their biggest hole though is the linebacker. Actually, speaking Kenneth of the Chargers, kind of bad. We didn't even talk about the Chargers in the free agency. They added Khalil Mack in a trade. They signed J.C. Jackson. What are your guys' thoughts on what they did in their free agency? Chargers are going to win the West. I can agree with that. In my personal, uh, I'm also kind of a homer, but the, the, the it's Chargers a very are- realistic possibility. The Chargers are extremely top-heavy. They have a lot of great guys on the top, but their depth is horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. And you never sign a Patriots corner because it's almost always skiing. Think about what happened to Malcolm Butler, Stephon Gilmore, all those guys. It never works out for them in all the other places because it's all based off Bill Belichick's scheme. So, yes, getting Khalil Mack for a second rounder to pair with um, – the pair with Joey Bosa is fantastic if both of them can stay healthy, but that hasn't been shown. And then um, you get a you get a Patriots quarterback, which almost never works out. And they're still just extremely top heavy, which I'm not a huge fan of. So I think they overpaid a little bit for Mike Williams, but you have to have weapons in this league. So I kind of get it. I, I I I'm not as in love with the Chargers offseason as a lot of other people are. I can kind of agree with you there. We're going to talk about one more team before we end it off. Uh, in the AFC West, the Las Vegas Raiders traded for the best receiver in the NFL, Devontae Adams, signed Chandler Jones. Um, what are you guys' thoughts? Those are the two really big ones. What are your thoughts on their offseason? The AFC West is crazy. They got so much better. All the teams, except the Chiefs, got so much better. And I like every team in the AFC West could make the playoffs this year, without a doubt. And I really like the move that they made in getting Chandler Jones and getting Devontae Adams. I don't like how much they paid Devontae Adams, though. I am a robot, and my name is George. Yeah, make it what you will of that, George, or not. You're just kind of turning. We can hear you from two minutes ago talking about it. Looks like he's frozen up. All right. Hopefully, 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 this will all be sorted out um, next week when we do 17 through 32. But for now, that's where we're going to end it. Uh, we'll see these two again next week, and we'll probably do something like a week before the draft, another mock draft where we all contribute. So, but that'll be it for this week's episode. It'll be edited and published 
Um, I mean, by Monday at the latest. But we will see you guys next week. See ya. See ya. George says bye too. <laughs>